This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. We've got an update. An update on a high draft pick. And it is not the uh, high draft picks uh, that host this show, Brady Quinn and LeVar Arrington. Come with it now! It's, uh, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, so we, uh, we've got that, uh, that is, uh, that is going to be happening here later on this hour. Uh, all right. This so is another weight room joint right here. Oh yeah. yeah. Just rage, room. rage against the machine. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. This yeah. is another one. Yeah. Dude, this, this hit, this bump. Yeah. What's, what's the lift you needed, uh, for rage against the machine? It doesn't matter. You, it, you're uh, going to probably throw a weight. Like I you might, might throw something down. I swear to you. I'm, I, I, I admit it. I am a full-on meathead to this day. <laughs> yes, that is I correct. will do a rep of like 305, 315 like once a week. Just be like, all right, still got it. Still, like the day I can't do that, it's the day I, it, it's all going downhill for me. But I will put on this to listen to it to do it. Hmm. Yeah. So you just got to do it once. Just once. Just Okay, that's, that's all it. I need. Just need to, it's, 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 you know, it's a little, little check, you know? What was the most deflating moment in a gym recently for you where you're like, man, I can't do it like I used to? My deflating moments are like later on that day. When you're like, I went and ran two miles and I feel like my knee's going to fall off, <laughs> you know, or like things are cracking and just aching and hurting. You're like, after just a two mile run, that's all it took. That's <laughs> deflating. Yeah. But you got to imagine you guys played ball for not just in the NFL, but beyond that for what, 20 years. So yeah. 20 years yeah. of pounding from, from youth football I, all the way to the end. My issues, I think just come from playing all sports for my entire life and just having different injuries too that you probably should have gotten looked at a little more seriously when I was younger, but yeah, well, listen, it happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you know, little little happens. Stem. You, yeah. you don't Things get it. Do happen, yeah. Man. Uh, all right. Do happen. And I stay away from the weight room lately. I wouldn't have a deflated. You big moment. swimmer. I feel like swimming's like once you're, I've, I've got buddies who transition after football, they just swim all the time. I'm like, it sounds great. I just, it sounds boring. I don't want to do that. That's better I in your joints. I walk in water. I walk in our pool. You walk on water? Is he? In, uh, in Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> Penn State, I walk on water. Uh, all right. So uh, let's get into uh, the gift that keeps on giving the uh, Washington football team. Uh, excuse me, the commanders. Sorry. Uh, you know, it should, it should still be the uh, WFB. It rolls off the tongue, by the way. Really the commanders <laughs> it's just commanders. so it's just so awkward I, I don't get it it sounds like a, a joke like uh, the nfl would only sign off on that one as payback for all the other issues they've had but uh the washington football team slash commanders slash formerly a name that we can't say because we don't want to get fired uh they've got uh, another issue uh because apparently um the situation involving uh dan snyder the owner uh, a former team employee is claiming sexual harassment against dan snyder so dan snyder came out and said that uh he was going to hire his own investigators to look into it, which, man, whew, thanks, Dan. We appreciate it. You're going to do your own investigation on an investigation on yourself. Man, that's really something. Uh, but uh, the NFL has shot that down. Roger Goodell had his state of the NFL dress, uh, wait, dress wait, like he does. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh. Hold on. So Roger Goodell shot it down. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which Can't, doesn't... Doesn't that still equate to it being internal? Thank you. So, so, so here's my it's issue. It's not as internal as internal. It's, yeah. it's not the team doing it, yeah. but it's the but guy it's, who yes. the owner pays. Exactly. It's, the, exten- yeah. it's the extended team. It's exactly. not the team, but it's, it's the extended yes. team. That's exactly. it. Now, think about it. You own the yeah. company, right? 
and and you make a statement like this, and then one of your employees is like, no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> we're going to have the internal investigation. Okay, yeah. do whatever you want, pal. Hey, by the way, I pay you. Dan Snyder, amongst the other 32, owner, you know, 31 other owners, Pay him. pays him. Right. But so my issue with this entire thing is anytime, and I hope people listening understand this, anytime someone says, we're having an independent investigation, <laughs> the, the, follow the money. Follow the money. Who is paying for the independent investigation? That's right. Who's paying for it? It's either the team, as in the Washington Commanders, or the NFL. So what do you think they're paying for them to do? They're paying for them to come up with something that's either not bad enough and reveals something so they get a, maybe a little slap on the wrist, but to help with the damage control. That's what this ultimately is. It always is, is, is that. Unless it's a completely outside council that comes in that has, you know, doesn't care one way how this works, that's paying for it. It's all. It's never going to be independent. It's, it can't be. It can't be when that's who's paying the bill. And uh, Goodell uh, was obviously asked about the situation uh, yesterday at his State of the NFL address, and here was his response. We'll obviously do an investigation. We've said that from day one. We need to understand what really truly happened in those circumstances and treat that uh, in the best uh, and most serious way we can to make sure we preserve the type of culture we want uh, in the NFL. I do not see any way that... Uh, a team can do its own investigation of itself. Uh, that's something that uh, we would do. We would do it with an outside expert that would be able to help us um, come to the conclusion of what the facts were and what really truly happened. Uh, here's my question, because this is now the umpteenth time there's been an issue with the Washington team and Dan Snyder. We, we've, I mean, whether it's, you know, all the emails that came out, but John Gruden was the only one that seemingly got, uh, got heat for it and, and lost his job. All the other things that have happened over the past several years in Washington. How does he still have the team? Like I like like that's question. like I just and, and maybe Albert Breer, um, who's going to be joining us later on, can get to, to the legalities of it and what you're why you can lose a team and why you can't lose a team. But the only thing I can come up with is, I mean, d- does he know where the bodies are buried? Does he does he have something on somebody in the NFL? Is this to a where, conspiracy theory? I mean, listen, I just wonder. Like th- it's it's strange because Jerry Richardson. The stuff came out against Jerry Richardson in Carolina, and it was like uh, just like that. The team was gone, and yeah. and I know that he elected to sell the team, but that had to have been because there was some pushback uh, f- against some of the stuff that came out. Dan Snyder has had all of these things that have happened, all of these accusations, all of these former employees. Lavar's talked about it being in Washington. I'm, I'm reading a message right now from one, uh, and I was we were really really cool. Um, like, I won't say, like, close, we talked on the phone and we hung out and went out and stuff like that, but <clears throat> one of the main employees that is, is we'll say, alleging these things, um, they hit me up the other, like, literally, like, two days ago, and I was reading a message, and, and, and just the way this thing is being handled, like, the way it's being minimized, it's so it's it's strange how almost casual I'll say it's being it's being looked at. Yeah. You know, and 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 just the way the, the message read, it's like, you know, they're presenting this to Congress like they're trying to take this to Congress. And the person 
that's handling the situation is collecting information from all these different employees that have have been a part of experiencing a toxic workplace. So so the idea of it is, is once you get so deep down the rabbit hole of understanding that some of this stuff is alleged, some of this stuff clearly is not alleged because you saw that mass exodus of of people who were a part of this organization. Right. When when Michaels and and um, uh, who was who was uh, Bruce Allen, all yep. those guys, yep. when they were ran up out of there, you I, if you didn't know immediately what that was. And the abruptness of how all of those guys left, then you just haven't been. I'm not going to insult you, but you just haven't been paying attention to everything that has been happening. And now where we are right now, it's like one person coming out and alleging this, like one person being a part of of handling something should be enough. Like if you really think about it in the nature of of what it is that's being alleged one is enough it should be yeah right you have a whole host of people who are fouling complaints that are a part of this whole deal and yet it's still this like kind of like like if it like we're 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 checking it out and this hey but they changed their name, right? Yeah, that's a, they're, they're the commandos now. And, and it, and it's they're the Washington every, commandos. It's, a, so. it, it's at every level, too. It, it's it's people that worked for him. It's all the way down to t- cheerleaders. You know, now that you say it that way, they should have stayed the hell away from commanders. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. to, to now I guess the running joke will be they're the, the Washington commandos. Yeah. commandos. The commandos. Yeah. And, and we all know yeah. what commando that you're running yeah. around with nothing yeah. on nothing underneath. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Wow. Which is, I like, mean, I think I'm going to forever call them that. I think we might have to coin that. Like, some, nobody yeah. else will be able to take credit for when people start saying the Washington Commandos. Wow. Yeah. I guess as long as Snyder is the owner of the team. But, and you think about, again, it, what what is what is worse, you know, in terms of w- the level of what can smear the reputation of the shield? Because that's ultimately what this comes down to. What's worse? Is it is it racism? Is it is it sexism? And like what what's it, it worse? It could be all of the above. I mean, all the of the above? It could be all of the above. And and I mean all of the above are associated and attached to what's ta- now, you know, to be honest with you, at first I was really down on RG three announcing his book. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. While I still believe he took the safe route on this, he took the safe route. I'm still interested to see what he may have to say because there are still people that are coming out and having things to say accusations-wise about what took place there during their time. So so basically, in essence, where you thought that there was enough that had came out, there are still things that are surfacing. There are things that are still taking place and I'm I'm curious to how deep will it go? How much information will we be allotted? Like how I want to know. I mean, well, I know what I know personally. Based on the Beth Wilkinson investigation that we saw nothing of. Yeah. And then if you look at the track record of the NFL, what they will probably do is shred everything. Much like the evidence from Deflategate that now no longer exists mm. and 
pretty much they're almost like um, you know that setting on your phone where if you like if you want your text messages to go in 30 days or whatever yeah, it is, yeah. that's kind of what the NFL is. They have, like a, they have like a five year yeah. deal. After five years, everything's shredded and goes. He's got like there's got to be something that he has on them. That that they just continue that, to let this. I don't stuff know happen. that it's something that he has on them. Maybe they know where Jimmy Hoffa buried. That's a good point. Oh. I mean, well, I mean, they are a division rival, and you know, they played at the Meadowlands. I mean, you played knows. at the Meadowlands. I did. Yeah. So, I did. did you ever trip over his coffin? Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I put I, maybe I just didn't even know. Yeah. Did you like notice a coffin buried there? I was. Uh, I got concussed. The week before, it might have been because the coffin was underneath. Yeah. And so, I'll be honest with you, I probably shouldn't have been out there playing, and everything was moving really fast. And I was like, "This is, I don't think I'm ready to be back here, but I'm out here." So. That's a good point. I, I, I didn't want to miss a game playing in the Meadowlands, though. That's a good point. You don't want to devalue. There's something. There's something connected to the value, and until that value goes away, Dan Snyder is going to be in charge of this team. That's there's just, something well, bigger at play. It, there's a precedent they don't they don't want to set because it opens up then when you for what you just said when you said it should only take one the problem then becomes okay then every other owner is going to be subject to that those guys know indeed. that so they don't want to set that precedent where your team can be ripped away from oh, you indeed. for one one issue oh, for one, I mean that's they're they're trying to stay in power but I, I was telling Jonas this before the show the other thing is you don't know necessarily too like how far back something can go before it becomes an issue for you. I mean, we're talking about something now that was, what, two decades old or maybe a little bit more? I know some really damning stuff, bro. About the commandos? Oh. (laughs) I know some really... Are we still talking to the commandos? Yeah. Or just in general? Well, specifically... (laughs) The commandos? Specific, yeah, to to the the team now known as the commandos. I know some pretty damning, like... It, it, the thing, the thing about it is, <laughs> you know where the bodies at, are. At some, yeah. at some, yeah. saying. At yeah. some point, at some point, where where does the rubber really, really entirely meet the road? Can, is all I'll say. Can I yeah. give a stamp of credibility to you, though? Go ahead. I w- I will again always reference this. All right, have an uncle used to be in the D.C. area. They used to, you know, see Lavar out frolicking around mm-hmm. with little Danny. Mm-hmm. With little Danny, so I mean, you seen oh, it firsthand. We yeah. were besties. Yeah, I was. I was a pallbearer. Did, did you call him little Danny? I called him Dan. You didn't call him little Danny though. No, I didn't call him little Danny. Is it weird? Everyone else around called him little Danny. <laughs> well, you know, you know, they had to call would, him Mr. Snyder. Lavar wouldn't. Insult. You were you were required to call him Mr. Snyder. That was a memo. Like that was like you're required to call him what a tool. Mr. Snyder. And and if you if if you were at a certain level in in the uh, in the building, you weren't to look at him. Don't look at him. Oh, that's it's a good environment. Like look away when he comes in. Don't don't even look at him. That's some medieval stuff. Yeah, right that's there. weird. Yeah, that's yeah. Really don't weird. even look at that's him. Uh, but we were. I mean, like I said, listen. I was there was a point in time we were so close that that I you know when his father was ill, I was hit by his bedside. That's crazy. Like I was there for like the last days of Gerald, and and Gerald Snyder was a dope dude, dope dude, and and I spent a lot of time with him. Um, there were some really really like intimate moments in terms of just our emotional exchanges because he really loved his dad. 
like really, truly, truly loved his dad. Probably the only thing he's probably ever truly loved, from my estimation. Yeah. But well, I mean, I think he loves the commandos because he keeps yeah, trying to hang on. To he point. does keep trying to hang. I hang. mean, now, honestly, if we're being real, because, you know, the Broncos up for sale yep. and the estimated value is around four billion. I mean, now would be the time if you would sell a. An NFL franchise would be time put to it sell. Up yeah. to sell. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a that's wild. His own, and to me, at it, this point, that's his only relevance. If he loses that, it's like he's lost it all. It's going to be a crazy, crazy couple of months at uh, RFK Stadium. The Commandos. It's uh, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And away we go uh, here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, we've got the uh, the NFL awards that are going to be handed out. We've got, uh, you know, finally going to find out uh, who's going to be the MVP, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, all of the good stuff. By the way, does Micah know he's going to be uh, Rookie of the Year, right? Like oh, he's, defensive. Yeah, defensive, defensive Rookie of the, of the Year, year right? Yeah. I mean, so he's uh, – now, what comes with that? Is he going to get, like, a bunch of cash? And uh, is he getting oh, any yeah, yeah, there's yeah. It's in there. Um, all right. So the uh, see the awards are coming out. Uh, we all acknowledge Aaron Rodgers is going to be the uh, MVP, correct? Uh, no, yes. No chance Tom Brady sitting at still plus 500 or Joe Burrow gets any love. I think Tom Brady ends up getting the uh, offensive player of the year, right? Which is weird because – That should be the player of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one way of looking at it. I, I think it's a little unfair. Like the offense essentially gets two awards because mm-hmm. they majority of the time win the MVP. Sure. And then they obviously are always going to win the offensive player of the year. I but. mean, sure. I, I mean, it, it a, can, a quarterback, right? You hear the quarterback yeah, lingo? Yeah, that's how it is, yeah, man. man. Yeah. Hold on yeah. now. He's doing this at 44 years old. He's yeah, got to walk man. away with something. Offensive guys, y'all get everything, man. We don't get nothing. Well, everything's stacked up against us, man. That's true. Yeah, I hear you, Sticks. We got that's all true. kinds of things we got to try to overcome, man. Yeah. yeah. Be yeah, what, real out here. Yeah, what about that, though? Uh, all right, so, that's, uh, a be- so- that's a better, that's a much better pregame decision. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about uh, Offensive Player of the Year? All right. Now, uh, now, where do we feel uh, as far as the Offensive Player of the Year goes? Um, Tom and, Brady. All right. Yeah. Well, there's- You got to get him something. All right. Well, I mean, um, the odds would say different. They would say Jonathan Taylor, probably. Okay, well, they would say Jonathan Taylor okay. or Cooper Cup are neck and neck. You can't leave out Tom Brady's performance. In some categories, he outperformed the, the MVP of the league. But don't you feel like the NFL— At 44 years yes, old? Like, I agree. Why does that not factor in? Am I, I the only one who's impressed by that? I agree. But and he's announced his retirement. Don't you why think— would you, Why would you give it to anybody else? Okay, but don't you think the NFL says, all right, the quarterback's already going to get the MVP. we got to give it to another position group for the offensive player of the year. Which is why those two guys, uh, Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, I, I get are the, the Jonathan Taylor take. Cooper Cup, you could throw in, and he, they made it to the playoffs, they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. However, the voting happens, I believe, before any of that. I mean, it's, it's only supposed to be a regular season award. So if you're basing it on just the regular season, Cup was amazing, but I'd say Jonathan Taylor was more important to the Colts' success. And Tom Brady was more important to Tampa's success. Yeah. That's why I said you got to get either one. You think Debo Samuel gets any love? No, no. Yeah, all right. So no Debo Samuel. He's on the list though. Isn't right, so, so no love for the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. Not on the odds list. The odds list show that Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor are you know the favorites uh, by what far. What are they like? Away. Plus two hundred? Uh no, they are plus. 
or minus 110. Oh, okay. So yeah. they're the favorites. Yeah, so they're the favorites, uh, and they are neck and neck in that regard. What's, um, uh, what's TB12 at? Uh, he is, uh, we don't have the odds on that. It's just those two. Huh. This uh, this Curtis now now over to uh, uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year odds. Um, your guy Micah Parsons is the second on the list at plus two hundred. Aaron is Donald amazing. is third, uh, and then there's a significant gap, and then we get down to Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Um, it's T.J. Watts. T.J. Watts, the clear favorite there. Because what he did the final couple games of the regular season, I think, separated him. But, man, Micah Parsons was really close. And, again, these are going to be announced later tonight. But he was really close to doing what only Lawrence Taylor had done. Yeah. Which is why, when you know, I know everyone wants to say, like, well, you know, uh, 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 Dan Quinn, I mean, you know, why did he decide to come back to the Cowboys? I don't know. Getting to coach Micah Parsons again, probably probably a decent job, a uh, decent job to have in the NFL based on the year he had. Um, and, and He's based improving on, on his chess game, too. He beat me twice. It's not good. In chess? Yeah, it's not good. I've never played. I try to teach my two-year-old chess. He beat me. As you can imagine, did not work out well. Yeah. I'm a Connect Four guy. I like the difficult games. I'm not really into like the you know remedial. I give you some work in Connect Four too, but Ooh. chess is the game. Yeah, the game. you know I don't, I don't know. But that's what that. we need to get for the studio. But Connect, Connect Four. It's yeah. great on the air. It's good for radio. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll mess up. We'll mess up. But definitely on breaks. I mean, uh, it's better than a nerf. It's better than a nerf. Ball. Oh well, those all got stolen. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those got. Taken and then they're probably getting better usage. Like nerf balls are like a bird being in here, right? right. It's better <laughs> off free outside. You know, take it's the good, nerf outside. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. yeah, a nerf football in comparison to a bird. I mean, a few um, times we tried to play catch with us sitting this close, it just didn't seem to. <laughs> just didn't work out as well as I think you anticipated when you ordered them. Uh, well, no, I mean, uh, some people are accurate with their throws, and some people aren't. Maybe like I mean, an indoor like drone, like them little drone toy deal yeah, but, all right come on let's get idea. back come I mean, we on, can't even get going. new come equipment on. why would we get a nerf football? michael parsons uh, is the dude and coming up as a runner up in this standing or even third in the name of tj watt and aaron donald says all you need to know the the, the young man is a phenom and and he i think he he out of any player this year he probably exceeded any expectation that was even remotely close well, to what it should have been. I would argue Micah Parsons impacted his team defensively from one year to the next more so than any other player. Because I mean, it's the truth. Like, look at what Dallas was last year on defense. They were terrible. Mike Nolan was getting criticized by his own his own players, and then. Micah Parsons comes in. It was immediately, and didn't he switch positions? Didn't well, he they have him like switch? three, four different positions? Yeah, he was awesome. Um, so yeah. he's he's the clear. Uh, and then there's that the as well because the other guys like Aaron Donald changes positions. I, I don't. I am so blown away by Aaron Donald because he. I mean, he's a brick. He's built like a brick, but he's not big. And 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 the idea of think like. Him and John Randall, like John Randall is amazing. Aaron Donald, it scares me to say this. It pains me to say it because I love me some John Randall. Aaron Donald is on an entirely different level than even John Randall at that size. Is he better than Warren Sapp? He's more, well, Sapp is different too because Sapp was, Sapp, Sapp's gift was just, he he was different too, man. I don't. He he's 
probably better than Sap. Because if he gets a Super Bowl, then he passes Sap, correct? Even though well, Sap has Sap ever been a defensive player of the year? I don't know that he's ever been. I don't think he's ever been a defensive player of the year. I'm not sure. Aaron Donald's like already on two, isn't he? Three, two Two or three, two or three, three. Yeah. Um, You don't get you don't get defensive player of the year. You don't get player of the year. NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1999. Sap won it once. Sap won, got one. I think Sap won it in 99, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which was his number. Yeah. Which is interesting to win it in 99 because, you know, 99 was Sap's number. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. He had 99 problems, but. But but getting MVP in 99 was not one. It was not one. Well well played. Uh, All right. And uh, so we then get over to uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year odds. Uh, This seems like uh, it's pretty much a wrap as well, too. Uh, We go in Jamar Chase. Uh, Yeah. Done deal. Is it? Or is it Mac? Uh, Mac Jones. I don't know that that's a done deal. I think how they finished is going to sour. On a lot of people, Jamar Chase is a minus two fifty. You got to lay a hundred or two fifty to one hundred. Mac Jones is plus two hundred. Yeah, I, I think Mac Jones, up until Jamar Chase's performance against the Chiefs, was probably the uh, rookie of the year. And then when uh, Jamar Chase on that big stage against Kansas City outdid Tyreek Hill and all those guys and put up what two hundred something yards plus, I think that was that was it. And, for and, and the don't award. forget how the season ended for the Patriots with a yeah. loss to the yeah. the Miami yeah. Dolphins. Yeah. Um, And then we – so obviously Micah Parsons is the uh, uh, defensive Defensive rookie rookie. of the year. Now, who would you say is going to finish runner-up? Because I have the answer here. Who would you say is runner-up? Jason Oway. I mean, excuse me. Pat Sertan. Odafe Oway. They were both in my home. It's up. It's they were pe- both in my home the other evening. I'm so I'm so braggadocious right yeah, now. Yeah, like, hey, just, who's who's second list though, Jonas? Uh, Pat Sertan. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they. Uh, uh, I can't even say his name. Uh, I call him Jason. Odafe Odafe away. away. Yeah. yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Um, and then I just, uh, is he third? Or I just call him Jay. Uh, no. He's not even on the list. Yeah. Yeah. You know who should be is Christian Barmore. Hmm. He played really well for New England, but hey, I mean, Lavar said earlier, my defensive guys just don't get any love, especially yeah, big no D love. tackles. Yeah. We get no love. Here's the uh, the one that I would like to argue for. Mm-hmm. Um, comeback player of the year. All right. Who's the comeback player of the year? Okay. It has to be. It has to be. I easily. Agree. 100%. I yeah, agree. Easily. Dak Prescott's the favorite. No way. I, I, I totally agree. I think it's Joe Burrow, and I really don't even think it's close. Well, I, why I would it be Dak? Well, look, they both won their division. <laughs> Because, be, okay. I'm just saying, they well, both won okay. their division. All right. I mean, AFC North was definitely hard. But, We're not going to debate but that. Dak, but Dak right. Prescott, see, this is a problem. When people go into this stuff with a preconceived notion that it's going to happen, then it's hard for people to walk off that because it is it is close. Everybody but, knows the problems that Dallas had this year was on offense. Yeah. Everybody knows that. What 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 equates to comeback player of the year then? Uh, look, I, I think that it's man, Joe Burrow. That man is not a year removed from getting his knee blown out and is going to the play in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Like what what I mean, what am I missing? Well, I mean, in fairness, um I'll put it this way. If you compare the two statistically speaking. It ain't even close. Dak probably has better better stats. He doesn't. Ooh. Burrow led the league in completion percentage, if that yeah. matters. Burrow threw for more yards. Now, Dak had four less interceptions, so and what? he had uh, three more touchdown passes. Oh, that's a big, 
big jump. I mean, they're about the same statistically. Gap. If they're the st- if statistically, yeah. they are comparable. Yeah, statistically, how do you not close, go with Joe Burrow? But, but comeback player of the year should include more than just stats. It should be about uh, what was your team before and what happened, uh, what happened after you came back. And well, Cincinnati, te- Cincinnati wasn't bad last year. They were bad. They were, pretty, they were bad. They well, were before games. before Burrow got there, they were awful. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were awful before. But now Dallas went downhill after after Dak went out. Yeah, but I I just I look at it and I go, without Joe Burrow, what is Cincinnati? Without Michael Parsons, what is Dallas? Oh, that's a good point. That, and, all right, so <laughs> if I didn't say Dak, <laughs> all right. Well, because <laughs> I didn't I don't think of Dak without okay. Dak. What is Dallas? Um, yeah, I mean, look, not this year. Look, I, I think it's I'm surprised that Joe Burrow is plus money. I think it's Joe Burrow. I've been saying that for a How month and a half now. I don't know. I, I like that's but but this is where people I, I, went into I, this I, thinking it was going to be Dak. Lavor said it earlier. Like, if you looked at the Bengals this season, the Cowboys this season. At no point were you like, oh, man, Burrow needs to play better. Like, there were some performances maybe where it didn't play as well, but at no point were you like, he needs to play better. If you're looking at the Cowboys. You say that every week. It was the offense. You said every week. You were sitting there looking at, say, yeah, Dak needs to, you know, the receivers. They need to do more. I mean, that was a tremendous miss not getting C.D. Lamb the ball. And, and, I mean, that's the playoffs, but that's a tremendous miss. Um, Coach of the year. This is mm. this this is the surprise uh, I think of the bunch. This is the final one. Is, Obviously, is, the NFL awards the, okay, coming up is later on tonight. Is the favorite Mike Vrabel? Yes, and Mike Vrabel is is a significant favorite. Yeah, at and, and the hard thing about that is, and I get it, they were the number one seed in the AFC. They have the best record too in the regular season. Or uh, tied for it. Uh, were they tied for it? I think with with was it Green Bay? I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Um, but the point is this: they've already had good seasons. So it's hard to appreciate the, the four years he's been a head coach, what uh, they've done. Green Bay had a better record. Tampa had a better record. The Rams had the same record, 12-5. and five. Okay, so yeah. so that's what I don't really understand. I know they had the best record in the AFC, but if you're comparing it to what the Bengals were last year I was about and then to this say, year, that's Zach the Taylor has Zach, to be. 100%. Zach Taylor. Zach, Zach Taylor yes, has to be the guy. 100%. I think it's Come Zach on. Taylor. He's Not a, even close. He's a plus 250, which is – so Mike Vrabel's a sign, pretty significant favorite in comparison to some of these other odds. How do you not give it to Zach Taylor? It's it's That it's thing strange. should be bundled up, I'll, wrapped up, the argu- engraved. The argument for Vrabel would be, well, his best player, Derrick Henry, was out Stop. for a big bulk of the season. Stop. But I mean, look at look at the divisions they're playing in. Stop. I mean, Jacksonville was a disaster. Houston, Houston was a disaster. Indianapolis was a disaster at times. However, I will say this: as Brady mentioned earlier, this is based off of regular season. Right. I think Zach Taylor separated himself in the playoffs. I I do. I will say he said because I would be willing to look in in Buffalo regular season and say say coach of the year. Playoffs, everything given, Zach Taylor proved his medal in, in, the, in the playoffs. I think it's funny that Vrabel's the favorite or that big of a favorite, as you said, because like Belichick could be up for it too. I, I mean, yeah. he's certainly a name that he, should be in it. Belichick was leading up up until I want to say November ish, like week twelve or thirteen. Belichick was the leader, and then all of a sudden, Zach Taylor started to creep into it. Then Vrabel got into the conversation, and then they, they just uh, took off and run it. But I, I think it's Zach Taylor. I, I think Zach Taylor's the coach of the year. But I'm with you. I mean, you know, if, if we can make some money off it because. 
because apparently that's not the case for a lot of people. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler Lavar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up on Game. What is Up on Game, you ask? Along with my fellow pro bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Apparently, there is a, uh, a a heat warning uh, happening here in Southern California. So now the uh, people are concerned, want to make sure everybody's hydrated enough for the Super Bowl. You got to love that. It's 80-something degrees. You could have a cold warning, a freezing warning somewhere else. Yeah, but we're not in Baghdad. I mean, it's 80 degrees. Like, what are we talking about here? There's, there's a heat warning? I mean, come I'd on. I'd rather there be a heat warning. Yeah. it's uh, So we've got uh, Super Bowl 56 coming up and uh, lots of a conversation. In, in so far. Yeah, and I heard, I thought that the stadium was cold <laughs> down towards the field. I thought that was one of the things they said that it, it gets really cold down there. So why is this, all, all of a sudden, this heat warning a big problem? I just think they're running out of things to talk about, to be honest with you. Interesting. I mean, come on. Who, who's it a problem for? That, like uh, Zach Taylor saying, I'm going to make sure my guys are hydrated. He was asked about it. There's this, well, uh, all of the news. Well, it's dry out here, which is one of the things you got to get prepared for. I mean, you come know? on, man. It's a Super Bowl. I mean, they, they play. Would you rather play in extreme hot temperatures or extreme cold temperatures? Extreme cold. Yeah. I, I grew really? up in it. Yeah. Extreme hot. You, you got to worry about the, the, the center's ass sweating. Ew. You got to worry about slick balls. <laughs> well, I've never had to worry about slick balls or, <laughs> that's not or true. sweaty butt. I mean, that's not true. When you're out there that's tackling, it. you got to grab onto something, buddy. Nope. Those, See, but that, hey, those balls get harder to grab. Nope. So if you're out there and they're all they're all sweaty. So would you uh, nope. would you would you, like to, uh, nope. would, would you audible into a shotgun formation if a center had uh, like really bad swamp, swamp ass? Oh yeah, yeah. Or would you tell him to go change his pants <laughs> at halftime? Hundred percent. John Sullivan, my 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 center in college. Mm. I made him go change his pants at halftime. Mm. Some, he might have had to change his pants just after warmups before the game. You can really caca it up. <laughs> I just I feel like Lavar's not telling the whole story here. That's that's very true. When it's that hot out there nope. and the balls get slick, you gotta Nope. It's harder they're harder to grab. I don't want anyone touching off. the balls yeah. after that. Nothing. I don't want anyone rubbing oh, them. Nothing. To me, those yeah. balls are Listen, perfect. I don't know. Perfect just, balls. Uh, He's not playing along this morning. Yeah, nope. it's just uh it's just uh <laughs> nope. you know, a little uh man, a little swamp ass could be a problem uh, from time to time. So uh so there's that. Uh all right, so Let's uh in talking about the game, when we go to uh Super Bowl fifty it's two hours in, you just now noticed that? Yes. Yeah. Staring you right in the eyes. Uh but you said so, the heat you said the heat index. I was looking at the weather. Oh, uh, okay. Very yeah, sure. Uh sorry I just noticed the weather. So when you've got uh when you've got these uh these quarterbacks, let me let me ask you a question. Who do you think is least likely to get back to the Super Bowl next year? Between the Rams, Rams and the Bengals, the, the Rams mostly because their salary cap situation yeah. issues. Okay, but path wise, the AFC I think is much more difficult than the yeah, NFC. I agree with that, but I also feel like the NFC West was the best division this year. They had three teams make the playoffs. 
two of which played off the chance to go to the Super Bowl. So, but, you know, I mean, very true. and by the way, like Seattle without Russell Wilson getting hurt, I'm not saying that four teams would make it in. I, I don't know how that would work out in the new seven team playoff scenario, but if he doesn't get hurt and they don't drop a few games, who knows what they are. So you don't feel like uh, so Cincinnati coming back uh, next year is going to have to deal and potentially Aaron Rodgers, but also you got all those quarterbacks in the AFC West. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you you would assume Baltimore is not going to be as as injury prone as they were last year based on just luck alone. Like at some point, luck would go to their side. Maybe Baker Mayfield yeah, takes get, a step. You get Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger, who know? I mean, yeah, healthier Baker Mayfield. You'd assume they're better. Or maybe that thing just falls apart because of the frustrations he has of not getting a long-term deal or whatever's going on there. And there's a thought, remember, after the season ended? He was talking about maybe going somewhere else. I mean, his whole, that whole situation with Baker. Um, so basically, if you're the L.A. Rams, if you don't get it it's done now. now or never. Yeah. Because this is this is your second shot. I mean, you were there a couple of years ago. You came up flat. You, you've you've upgraded uh, at multiple positions. So now, and it being at home, I would assume that the LA Rams, like th- this, is going to be your best shot. There is as far always as... the idea, though, if you do win, that guys will be a little bit more flexible on staying. I mean, we saw that happen with Tampa Bay this past yep. year. I mean, yep. it's the, and these guys aren't. You know, these aren't a lot of guys that are new. Some of these guys have been around. If you say, okay, OBJ could go somewhere else and get more money or stay here right. and keep playing, oh, he's probably going to stay here. Yeah, he's stay. You know what I mean? So It's an older roster. It's though. an older roster. That's the issue, too, yeah. is then you, you think about injuries. Yeah. I look at Cincinnati. Hey. Hey. It's a young team. They're young. Cincinnati. There's a lot of lot of rookie contracts going on. They're still, still on them rookie contracts, so. I I would say Cincinnati has the the better path to to coming back to the Super Bowl just because they're that good. I mean, I think that's one thing that has to be discussed um, as we move forward is that Cincinnati is that good, and and we thought it was going to be Cleveland out of the AFC North that's that good. We didn't know if Joe Burrow would, would come back from the injury and, and pick up where he left off and do even better. We didn't know that Jamar Chase would have a, a season that rivals, you know, Randy Moss. You didn't know that. Now all these different names, you know, Boyd has been around, you know, and, and, and different names have, have, have popped up. So when you look at the Bengals, the Bengals is the type of team, if they were to win this game, even if they lose this game, you still look at the Bengals as this is a hot up-and-coming team because now they've had the spotlight on them enough where you can look at them and say, huh, it's like, it's a a pretty good good roster you got here. (laughs) Hey, Hey, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Um, like – it could be the start. It could be the start of something. And I also think Cincinnati's path to get here is more impressive than the Rams. Both both were wild card teams, so they had to play all the way through. Nobody got a bye week, so. The Rams beat Arizona. Arizona, I mean, that game was er- over early. That was a home game for the Rams. Then they went to Tampa Bay. That was an impressive win, but they almost let that get away. And then they beat the Niners. So I think a lot of people realize dangerous team, but flawed. And it didn't look good uh, going into the fourth quarter there. 
Cincinnati had to beat the Raiders at home and get over a 30-year playoff win drought. Then they went on the road and beat Tennessee, the number one seed, and then on the road again and beat the Chiefs, the number two seed, and still... And had to come back yes, in the playoffs. points down. And still, yeah. they're a five-point underdog in some places. I, I just I, I still think people look at the Bengals and just see them as the same old Bengals, and, and maybe they're not getting yeah, a lot of love. But no, but it does go back to what Brady said at the top of the show, which was the more you think about the matchup up front between the offensive front of Cincinnati and the defensive front of the Rams, it's a mismatch. It is a mismatch. And – if they can do things to keep keep that defensive front guessing or off balance, then you would think that they have a chance. But the likelihood of a game this big with the type of experience that they have along that defensive front, I just – it you begin to come to the conclusion that – they're probably going to dominate up front. Here's here are the things that I keep weighing in my mind. We on the most people on the outside tend to over dramatize the difference between what Aaron Donald is as a player and what whoever plays right guard, Idineji or Carmen for the for the Bengals, for example. And they've had spots. There have been issues at that spot. That's why both have played. But it's not as big of a difference as we make it out to be. We make it seem like it's a world of difference when, look, even the best defensive tackle in the league, maybe the best defensive player in most years, it still isn't as much as we on the outside think. And the truth is, the Bengals have dealt with this the entire year. So it's not like this issue is new for them, and it's not like they can't overcome nine sacks to win a game. They did that versus they the Titans. Yeah. Now, the thing about that, though, is Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. I don't think that Matt Stafford's going to throw three interceptions. I could be wrong, but I think you know you overcome nine sacks when you're able to win the turnover battle, which is what the Bengals did in that case because they, you know, Titans had an inept passing game and offense for a period of time. So I, I just, I guess I, I'm still floundering at this point because I don't know which way this thing's going to go because I, I keep thinking, yeah, that's going to be a mismatch, but. They've dealt with it all year. Burrow knows that. He's athletic. He moves around well. And by the way, he's so different than Mahomes in the manner in which he moves. Where Mahomes will scramble backwards out of the pot, all this stuff. Burrow like plays the game the way like every quarterback coach in the country would be proud of. You know, he holds on to the football. He steps up in the pocket and then he gets out and either runs forward or he's going to throw. Like he doesn't jack around back there. And I just, I, when I watch him, I love it because it's something that you can literally teach a kid and he can mimic. And it's not this Patrick Mahomes play that you go, wow, that's incredible. But you're watching it going, well, that's probably the only guy who can do it. That's why I always felt like Patrick Mahomes was kind of like the Steph Curry of the NFL, the way he came in and how he's played. Yeah. But the problem is you can't teach every kid that's young playing basketball to shoot up half court shots all the time and make them. So it's kind of, in a way, it's, it's cool, incorporates more of a three point shot, but it's bad for basketball. No different than watching Patrick Mahomes making, you know, blind throws or cross-body throws, you know, sidearm throws. There's a time and place, but it's not as much as he does it. And then you get little kids trying to do it, and you're like, yeah, that that doesn't always work. Like, people talked about Spencer Rattler as the next Patrick Mahomes at the college level. How'd that work out? Yeah. He's now at Ole Miss. 
It's because there was times when he just couldn't play the game from the pocket like a Joe Burrow can. Well, he's at South, supposed to be South Carolina. Oh, yeah, excuse it, me, South Carolina. Gamecock. South Carolina. Uh, yeah, he's, he, he, he's a Gamecock. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be excited for him? I'm a little, you can get a little rattler in your... Uh, Shane Beamer. Yeah, a little Shane Beamer. It's good, good Leonard stuff Leonard Floyd and Von Miller are going to give them hell off of the edges. Yeah. And it's not going to allow for... When you have that third guy, like when you have a space eater in the center, but you have a guy that you can move around like Aaron Donald from down to down, it is unsettling for an offense to have to deal with all of that uncertainty as to where the hell he's going to be. You couple that with you have two legitimate Von Miller. It's almost like Von Miller either is now playing harder now that it's the playoffs or has just really recently gotten himself back into game playing condition because his his level of play went up yeah in the in the playoffs and Floyd Leonard Floyd is one of those rare specimens of a guy he's Fast as hell. He's he's long. He's 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 wiry, and he can get to the quarterback. Those those elements that we saw play out in last year's Super Bowl, as it's been mentioned repeatedly, when you're looking at what Shaq and and what JPP were bringing to the table off of the edges, it was the biggest problem. And it was a deficit they could not fix. They could not make up during the course of that game last year. And you take into consideration that Adamican Sue is not the player that he once was, but he's still good enough. Yeah. Well, if you're looking at it from this perspective, if I'm looking at Shaq Barrett or JPP, I, I right now today, I'm taking I'm taking Leonard and and Von Miller. If I'm looking on the interior line as to who will be more impactful in those blocking scenarios, rather you know, Adamican Sue or or you know, uh, Aaron Donald, taking Aaron Donald, it's going to be difficult to find blocking schemes to minimize one of these guys, right? Because you can't minimize all of them because right. there's too many right. of them. Well. Quick passing game where they can't get to him. That's how you minimize all of it. Uh, how about right? Eric Weddle? Guy's playing pickup basketball. Yeah. And then the Rams call him and he might win a ring. Well, they, which, which is that? amazing. But I also wonder with that secondary being healthy, Will Taylor Rapp, Fuller, Nick Scott, yeah. like, is he going to play that much? Yeah, or how can you after you let him in tackles in the NFC Championship? Yeah, game? I was going to say. Like, that's he what seems I like said. he's carved out he a came spot. out in, He came in hot. And that's he's a senior, he has experience, so yeah. there's leadership there. I don't he, think that they'll hesitate. I don't think Raheem will hesitate it, to use him or put him in if he feels like he's the hot hand. Now, do you think he's going to feel like I don't I know if I stink it, though it, for those guys coming back? It, if if they if they win and Weddle gets a ring, do you think he's going to feel any guilt? Like man, but I wasn't here the no, whole year. Hell no, no. So just uh, just a play Enjoy that position. Would you wear a ring if you didn't play in the Super Bowl? Hell yeah. I was Bowl? in that position the year before we won I the wouldn't. Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl F in New that. York. I'm I, wearing it. I need at least a kneel I was, down. I was on IR. Hey, Bernie Kosar got a kneel down at the end of a Cowboys Super Bowl. That counts. Um, if it's not a kneel down, I'm taking the ass. Super Bowl win and the ring. I am not. Yeah. I'm taking that bad boy. I am not. What about this ring? Nope. Don't want that one. <laughs> 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 